Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And yes, it's the 31st. We've noticed we have a calendar. It's not the 30th, but that's because we are Flex Mix. The Chingasta Cat. Maybe that too. And sometimes you just have to be Flex Mix in this world or Flex Chicanx or Flex Latinx, whatever. (laughs) We're flexing our mix. (laughs) Yes, we're flexing everything. Yes. and we're flexing our, our mix in this weedy weedy because we're giving ourselves a little grace. Mm-hmm. We have a vida loca. And that means that sometimes we couldn't make the 30th, but we'll make the 31st and still have a weedy weedy. Yes. And also we needed to be, we didn't need to be, but we're in the same place at the same time for this particular weedy weedy. Yes. But before we get started, um, from our last episode, we were talking about the No Sabo Kid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got, actually got a, a text message and had a conversation with one of my Sanchez primas that that particular episode really hit home mm-hmm. because like that really was like, I am the no Sabo kid. Aww. And so we had a conversation about that and I, you know, I'm sure many people who are listening have, have a similar story. Absolutely. But I just wanted to mention that we are touching our gente. Sometimes our gente is actually our family, but... Yes, I also had a couple of people reach out that listened to the Encanto episode where we're talking about just being your whole self and being able to not identify your worth by your product and your outcome and being brought to tears by it, um, by us Mm -hmm. just talking about that because they haven't been able to do that out loud. Um, So, yes, and if... If you were waiting for the episode to drop on the 30th and it didn't and you were like, what the hell happened to the pochas? We love you. I know. Thank you for being that loyal. Yes. And we're sorry for disappointing by 24 hours. And, but we're making it worth it. And we're actually bringing Encanto into this episode, kind of. We are, because we're obsessed slightly. Not slightly. <laughs> I've never heard of them until the movie and we're talking about arepas. Mm. So we're going to mix... We're going to be at the intersection of our cultura and food for this yes. episode while also making arepas. It's not quite like the to- tortilla throwdown. We're not, it's not a competition to see whose tortillas were better, mine. So we're just <laughs> going to make the arepas and we're going to have two batches. Because neither of us have ever had an arepa. Or I'd never heard of an arepa. I had never heard of arepas until Encanto. And so we decided it looked amazing and delicious and we needed to try it. Yes, we needed some. So we can't have a competition about some shit we don't know anything about. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to make two different batches. Yes. So one is going to be from a recipe that we have found that's, I guess, more authentic than, um, or uh, just more authentic. And then the other one, we're putting in a little bit of a Tex or a New Mex mix to it mm-hmm. because we're adding some chile and we're adding asadero. Yes, so some abuela colombiana is going to be turning over in her grave because we're adding some things that probably don't always go in arepas. Perdóname for that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but um, so let's get started. First, a little bit of history about the arepa or at least I didn't know it existed until I watched it and apparently it's Colombian. Yes, so South American, it's an unleavened cornmeal type of food that has some queso in the mix, and it's super versatile. So you can, um, 
you can stuff them with all kinds of things. You can use them as like a bread to scoop other things or sauces or dip in. You can make it um, the pieces of bread in a sandwich. There's all, it's super versatile, like a tortilla, like a burrito. That's what it reminds me of. But in, I don't want to say happier because it's not a comparison, but it because it has the cheese incorporated yeah. it into it. It's like a the sandwich version of a quesadilla. I don't even know, but it's it right. sounds so good. It sounds so good, which is why we're doing this. Right. So I'm gonna get started while we get this going. Yes, Kat, you're you're the you're the cooker. Oh my god. I so, can't believe you trusted me with this. Well and so let's talk about the the base here. The base we're not using regular flour like the harina. This is actually a pre cooked cornmeal. And um, on the recipe that we we're looking at it actually recommends that you and they had an affiliate link to use the goya brand masa Mm-mm. but um we don't talk about goya in Mm-mm. this house Mm-mm. so we found a different one we found the uh, masa brosa which is amazing because i i have not heard of people using this type of pre-cooked cornmeal for foods for mexican food no um, but i went to like a smaller grocery store that i know carries a lot of Mexican type foods Um, and it was right there. I mean there was tons of it on the shelf So it was readily available here where we live so you can probably find it where you're at, too And we'll definitely post pictures on um, on the Instagram So this is not like this is you're not gonna find this at Trader Joe's or Sprouts or Albertsons or Smith's or whatever This but this is something that um, so I had never heard of it So I had to Google where we could find it locally and like you said the not major brand will carry it Okay. I also love that it's called Masa Rosa. Masa Rosa. <laughs> I like what you did there, people. I like what you did there. El sabor de tus recuerdos. Which is why we can't use Goya because their sabor de recuerdos is racist and capitalist. <laughs> and we don't want that shit in our food. No. No. All right. So I'm kneading it. And then, and then what? It's become pliable. Let the dough rest for three to five minutes. This is so, also, I love that a lot of Latine foods are very simple. There's a few ingredients. Sorry, cat, I apologize. You know what? Before I'm we start this, Kat told me not to clink the bowls, <laughs> and I just want everybody to know I'm not that touching was... anything. Okay, I'm sorry. Go um, so there are very few ingredients. It's simple to make. It's, I mean, the most expensive thing of this meal is the cheese. So cheese would probably be the the price pricier piece of this meal yes and i'm sure you could add less cheese like paquerindes you could make more you could but the the masa itself is not expensive it's water salt and the um pre-cooked cornmeal so super good okay um so i'm going to pause here and just ask you does this look like it's supposed to look like anyone Um, and we are all things being transparent we are having uh help in this arena our executive producer is helping us out with this because... She's a master baker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I am inept. <laughs> I can make a lot of things, but this is... So it does say it should hold together, but it shouldn't be too sticky. Okay, so, so it's a little sticky. It's a little sticky. Okay, so some more flowers. what I'm... Masa brosa. Yes. Masa brosa. Okay, so... Um, I have seen the TikToks because there's a lot of, you know, social media that was, that had different people like, hey, do you want to see how my mom makes it or how my abuela makes it? So it, it, it has become also a social media phenomenon. Um, 
and I'm not using two hands for this because I don't want to clink, but I think we're getting to the we're getting to the point where it looks like we can make little balls and incorporate the cheese. And like you said, I do think this is probably a type of food that many folks have not either heard of or experienced if they're not Colombiano, if they're not from Venezuela, if this wasn't something that they grew up with. And of course, it looks delicious and we all want to try it. So good. people are definitely um, sharing their love for the arepa. Yes. All right, so you've got you've got a good dough happening here. Yes, so we have to let it rest. So now it must rest for three to five minutes. Like all of us need a little bit of a siesta. It needs a siesta as well. Yes, it's fine. Okay. We all need a rest. But I'm not going to wash my hands because I know I'm going to have to get back in this. But food and cultura. Yes. Um, first, I want to say that when I was doing a little just background, you know, food, culture, Google did not like me using food and cultura. It always wanted me to default to, did you mean food and culture? No, I meant cultura. <gasps> Google. I know. Mm. So food and cultura, yes, we do most of our conversing, our um, just being with family in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that the food and, and, and our culture is so tight. Like you can't can't have one without the other absolutely so many of my memories well almost all of my memories that are good involve either watching my abuela cook or eating something that was prepared as a whole family or just that general commotion that's your tias and your primas everybody in the kitchen moving back and forth and quítate if the kids are in there and the dogs and all the things like that's where the love is in a house to me Mm -hmm. is the kitchen yes absolutely but, and uh, same with with me, like a lot of my best memories are tied into the kitchen, having conversations, laughing with your taza de café, with your, you know, pan dulce, whatever. So same, that um, some great memories are tied there. And food does tell stories about not just our cultura, our love, our gente, but also, also our culture. Like food tells us geographically mm-hmm. you know tacos from baja california are different than tacos from chihuahua just because you no know, seafood in... well it's what's available right, right? it's exactly. what is close to you what you've grown what you could harvest what animals were nearby for you to eat or not what even what religious beliefs like was there pork in your food was right. there not all of that comes back into what we're eating and food also tells a story about your socioeconomic status like your income you mentioned Cheese is going to be kind of the more expensive part of this. Mm-hmm. So sometimes your tacos are going to have beans They're not, or potatoes. They're the not cheese. going to have the protein like the chicken and the beef or, or pork, which is more expensive. Absolutely. And you can, you can limit the amount that you're putting in something like an arepa because it's not a steak that somebody's going to sit down and see this big chunk of meat in front of them. You can add very, like a couple of teaspoons of meat to an entire burrito with the beans and everything else mm-hmm. or to maybe an arepa if we can figure this out. Um, but you, paquerinde, so you can feed more people. Right. There, There's always, I think part of the Latina culture is also, and, and several cultures like that are not white you can sh- you can feed whoever shows up. There's always enough because you can just keep hammering out the masa. You can just keep adding whatever you have. If it's papas, if it's beans, if it's a little bit of meat, if it's whatever there is in the fridge, you can add it to the masa, whatever the base is, and 
feed everybody that's going to stop by. That's how you know Jesus was brown because he <laughs> fed a group, a group ass full of people with just like five fish and three bread or whatever. He, he made wine out of water. I'm just saying. Like he's... if you ever wanted to be the highlight of a party, make wine out of water. <laughs> <laughs> or bring back someone from the dead. Either way. Either, Either one. way. But super good party trick. Okay, so we've this has rested for three and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, it, it says three to five, so I don't know how you're feeling. You want a super well-rested or like a, a moderately alert masa? I don't know. Do <laughs> we'll, we'll give it a little bit more siesta time. Okay. But, and so, so food also ties us to our roots. Like one common thread about the Latine culture, no matter where you are in the North or South uh, Americas or Central America, maíz. Mm-hmm. that ties us together. I mean, among other things, but that's probably the one that comes to, to mind most often. Mm-hmm. And it ties, like, the roots of some foods, the ties of what we consider Spanish rice to Africa. Mm-hmm. The, and the commonalities of some of the pieces. Like, when I saw Encanto for the first time, because, you know, multiple times, um, when they were making the arepas, I was like, oh, that reminds me of pupusas from El Salvador. Right. And for you, it reminded you of? Gorditas. It made me think of gorditas because it's the same corn-based, unleavened. You can stuff it with whatever. You cut it like a little pocket. Yeah, it completely reminded me of gorditas. And there's some other ties as well. Like you were talking about pita. Yeah, so it does feel like non-white cultures have these. There's naan. There's pita. Mm-hmm. There's all these bready sort of base foundation for a meal that you can either stuff or dip or... Use as utensils. Use as a utensil, absolutely. Yes. So there is that tie of cultura among different peoples. And and it's almost like, so when you go to, um, when you go to like an Indian restaurant, um, there's a familiarity. Like for me, curry is kind of like mole, just a different mm, kind of flavor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And naan is like a tortilla. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it just like ties it all together. Speaking of tying together, I okay. think... Okay, we're, we're at five. All right. We're at five minutes. So the next thing you're going to do is add your butter. And it <sighs> says to add, um, I think, a tablespoon of butter. Okay. But our executive director, producer, master baker said, measure the butter with your heart. <laughs> so whatever that looks like for you, Kat... Imagine a tablespoon in your mind and feel it with your heart and just put it in there. All right. So putting in the butter and it's already pre-softened and just like boop. Um, you're also going to add one cup of shredded cheese. One cup so of we have. Do you mind terribly measuring the, the cup of shredded cheese and um, then put a little extra because cheese is Because good. cheese. And we're using mozzarella. That is what is shredded. And as we were discussing with um, the master baker, you want to... When you buy the shredded cheese, like the pre-shredded cheese, it's super convenient. I do it all the time. But there are certain additives that are in there to keep the shredded pieces separate that are not in a block of cheese that you shred yourself. So if you want the authenticity, if you want that not additive, whatever piece to your meal, and you have some extra time like on a weekend or whatever, I know people are busy and are trying to, not everybody's going to make a Pinterest meal every single night of the week. Um... If you can shred the cheese, which we, ha- you know, are, thank goodness, the master baker shredded and prepped for us. We already have that done. Yes, thankfully. And uh, there's a lot of it so that we, we can s- stuff in, in, the, in the center. Mm. 
I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, cheese is so good. But you, we understand that sometimes you have to buy the packaged one, and it might melt and differently. Fine. But yeah, it's so, fine. But for this purpose, we're trying to we're trying to do as best as we can. Yes. To... So that when the Colombian abuela is rolling around, mm-hmm. it's not as bad since we're using a block and not pre-shredded. So you're gonna need this for about another three minutes. Okay. Needing. 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 Need. You're needy. <laughs> Very. <laughs> so what happens when um, our cultura gets watered down, like our our food gets watered down at that intersection? So it's like now we're at a an intersection of three different, it's assimilation, it's our cultura, and it's our food. So like Taco Tuesday, it's no longer tacos because it's like... Mm. It's like hyped up. It's a social media trend. It's a commercial mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. It's not your abuela making you tacos because she loves you and mm-hmm. it's after school or whatever. Fair. Or the margarita. Or I think salsa has been the number one condiment in the U.S. for I don't know how many years. Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't like... It's the broad blanket term of salsa. It doesn't mean it's somebody at home boiling their jalapeno and onion and tomatillo or whatever you would put in a salsa. This is, you were talking about, um, what was the commercial? Paste picante <laughs> sauce. This stuff's made in New York City. New York City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one. So, yeah. So what happens? Like, it feels like, for me, the further down of generations you get from either immigrated or just mm-hmm. been here, stayed here, mm-hmm. the further generations you get down, obviously the more assimilated you get, you lose your language, you lose your food cultura almost. Like I made tortillas for the first time with you. Right. In my 40s. Right. Whereas my grandmother, that was just a thing she did multiple times a week to make sure there were tortillas in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think part of that is, I'm, the nice way to say it is industrialization, where you can go get the pre-cooked arena like we did. Um, it's already prepared for you. I was reading something like you doing a little bit of background research. And back back in the day, they would dry the corn. And then because they didn't have a method or tools to grind it, would chew it up mm. and spit it out. Okay. We're not doing that. No, today. no. If we were, we would make a TikTok, but we're not. <laughs> and it's not because it's not COVID safe. It's just not appetizing. No, for me or anyone. Like, yeah, true. So yeah, so the industrialization. It. We can just go buy tamales. We can just go buy red chile, green chile. We don't have to go through all the processing. And because we have created these lives that are. I mean, really feeding into the capitalist society so that we can have enough and have more and be comfortable and be beyond comfortable. We're working so much, we're doing so many things that it's easier to get the comfort of the tamal or the arepa or the tortilla with the ease of just rolling up to the grocery store and putting it in your cart or even having it delivered. Right. And like like us being Flexmex today, yes. we run out of time or run other things get, a, get in the way. And some of us are working two and three jobs to just try to even make it. Right. So it's easier and, some, and let's, let's face it, even cheaper right. to buy it pre-made. Right. And it's, it's so, and I see what you're saying, like it takes away that, the beauty is in the process sometimes. But because we are who we are, we still crave the taste. We still crave that 
emotional connection that we might have to your abuela making tamales all day or somebody cooking a whole pot of beans instead of buying the canned version of a pinto bean which is what we're probably most familiar with or black beans that are available it's just uh it's become so convenient to still get that flavor even if it isn't exactly what we had when abuela or your tias made it it's still that it's the thought of the food that counts. Yes. And so when you're saying like you pour your emotions and your love and your everything, that reminds me of like water for chocolate. Oh, that's How such she's a making her, um, she's making her uh, meals for her family. And when mm-hmm. she's depressed, it impacts the people who are eating it. When she's in love, it impacts the people who are eating it. And, you know, I don't know if that's, I think you can taste the love. There, there might be a little something to well, tasting the love. Well, and the coraje. What do we say when the chile is super hot? Someone was pissed. <laughs> yes. yes. When you eat super hot chile, you're like, ooh, somebody was not in a good mood mm-hmm. when they made this chile because it was yes. hot as hell. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Emotion through your food. So okay. we have now rest uh, needed for three to five minutes again. All, everything's all mixed in. The next thing we're going to do is divide the dough into six balls. <laughs> Play oh, with the balls, cat. You know I don't. That's not my. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna, You're gonna have to just suck it up. Should I do this part or no? No, no. This is good. Can you though get me a um, plate or something that I can put my six balls in? <laughs> <laughs> can you please plate your balls? Uh, we're gonna use this plate for now. Okay. Cool. 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 And I'm gonna not clink because I was warned furiously. Yeah, except I'm the one who's doing it, right? Well, I'll blame you anyway, because no one's going to see me. That's fine. Okay. All right. And then you're just going to make six little bolitas. And once you have your little bolitas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we are going to make them into little tiny bowls. And then put cheese in the middle. Mm, I don't think, I think I'm going to make more than six accidentally, because I don't know how to measure. How big? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how big. It doesn't say. It just says six No, it just says six six even. Mm. Well, we're at three. Ish, ish, ish. All right, here we go. Oh, you know, it might turn into six. Okay. All mm-hmm. right, either way, either way. And then, yeah, you're going to make it in a little bowl, put the cheese in the middle, and then bloop, wrap around. Cheese in the middle, wrap it around. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, oh, yeah, they're like the Porto's balls from... There's this restaurant in L.A. called Porto's. And they're, it's Cuban potato balls with a little piece of ground, not a little piece, but like a scoop Ooh. of ground beef in the center. And it is so good. Really? Yes. But when you lose your, um, so when you lose your connection, like um, I could not, I I would have to look up the recipe to make gorditas because I, I may have helped my mom, but I've never actually done them myself. So. Right. But it's, it's kind of like the, um. Like we've talked about before, the essence of being pocha, the essence of being a nosabo kid, yes. just because you may lose some of it doesn't make you a less than. Right. You're, you're, this is how we're making it work. Yes. This is how we are incorporating where we're at in this life, working a 40 hour plus a week job, making sure the kids get to all their activities, making sure we're supporting our partners and trying to do Pinteresty things like shred your own fucking cheese and all of that takes a lot of time. And so sometimes you do, you take the shortcut because it still fulfills that piece of you that is brown and proud while allowing you some extra time and space to live in the world that we are having to live in right now. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is 
the time it is the we're trying to, to do all the things and sometimes it's just um each to each one okay i was going to make a baby one for maybe for special cave that is getting schooled by the master baker on the size of her balls yes size matters <laughs> um and we're gonna make it work but so yes sometimes it is the rush of the day the being a flex latinx mm-hmm that you have to pick up, but you want the sabor from abuela or, or familia. And sometimes it's, we are assimilating and you lose yeah. some of that factor. That's just what's, let's be real. That's just what's happening. There's no doubt. There is a, the diff, when I think about it, it makes me sad. The difference between me sitting on the green chair, and I, I'm giving a vivid description because this is how I remember it. There's a green stool on the other side of a bar, a kitchen counter bar. The other side of it is a stove where my abuela is making tortillas and feeding me masa when I give the pouty face. There is a, the difference in the amount of time that that took and for me to watch her and be part of that, even from the other side of the counter, to me, getting a grocery delivery that has pre-made tortillas in the bag and serving my child a burrito or whatever. The difference in that experience is tremendous. Mm-hmm. And now I can take I can take pride in the fact that at least we're sitting down to a family dinner. We're all going to sit down and eat it together even if I bought the tortillas already made. But there's certainly something missing from that experience of her being part of that and that dynamic that shared communalness and where the love comes in with with your family oh i love food so much i know and we're almost we're almost at the point so now i have the little divot in each you do look how cute cat and so what we're gonna do is yes um for half of them a colombian uh Abuelita is going to be happy about how we did it. And then okay. with the other half, she might not be because we're putting in some green chile and some asadero. Mm. And um, this the, the green chile and asadero, I don't think, is like assimilating it. It's just numexifying it. <laughs> yes. Flex numex. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, and then we're measuring this out by how much love we want to put in with the cheese. That's it. So, we're going to put a little, a little dabble do ya. And then we have to... Tuck it in like a little baby. Yes, you're gonna, and then you're gonna flatten it a little bit. So it's like a little bowl, and then you're gonna put it in the middle, and then you're gonna flatten it oh. until it's about half an inch thick. Okay, little bowl, flatten it. This is every Colombian person is probably gonna watch this and be like, "You're doing it wrong." Oh, you're so effing it up. I know. Bad. I'm so sorry, but I'm I've got it. It's wrapped in, and then I'm gonna make it a little flat. We're going to set the alarm off. Yeah, we might. You know what? That's just going to happen. This one looks a little bit like Australia, not going to lie. Australia. Yeah, the outline is kind of like Australia. It's not, it's, well, it's going to be, it is what it is. Um, Show your arepas. (laughs) This is a G-rated show, madam. All right. So while we're doing this, and gently tucking in all the I can't think and talk at the same time so you're yeah, going to have yeah. to do most of the, <laughs> this is this is why you're the smart one wait do I do the thinking or the talking yes okay um so I'm not here's another thing I'm not used to an electric stove and you have one 
and I just almost set the oil on fire. <laughs> uh, and it smells like is it oil. Is um, it supposed to be like crispy crispy or is it supposed to kind of, um, like we don't use oil for when we're making tortillas. Right. So this, um, so it says thin layer of oil and then heat it over medium heat. Okay. Three minutes. Three minutes. All right. So you've got two you can start on if you'd like. Oh my God, those. Okay. Uh, here we go. We're going to just. Here we go now. Here we I go. mean, looking at the pictures, they have a little crispiness to the outside. And then, you know, I'm sure the cheese helps that process as well. It just um, looks. It, they look amazing. They look amazing. Even if the, even if I'm not doing this correctly, it still looks pretty amazing to me. Like, we'll see how ours come out. Um, yeah, I'm, these are being made with the emotion of anxiety and trepidation. So um, we'll see when you eat it if that <laughs> if that comes through, or if it's just love or what. There's okay. the first one. We In have uh, we have some sizzle, which is good maybe. It also said a thin layer of oil, and I think I might have put a, a medium layer. All right. For the second set, so we've got three that are ready to go, and then the other three. And these are just the mozzarella, right? You yeah, those are just the mozzarella. Okay. The other three we're using asadero cheese, which is a white cheese, very mild, soft white cheese, that I've only heard of in this area, like in the southwestern part of the United States. Mm -hmm. I've not heard of asadero being used or made elsewhere. And the our executive producer was talking about how it does have more of a saltiness than the mozzarella so oh, we'll shit. have to see how that uh affects the taste also i do have a funny story about the last time we went to palomas to go by yeah. and this was pre-covid but we went to buy all the things go to the pharmacy get groceries whatever in mexico and some friends of ours bought a giant wheel of asadero <laughs> <laughs> and we're literally rolling it across the bridge like to get out because it was so giant uh, and then they were going to split it amongst several families but it was pretty uh pretty hilarious that's the best kind because you know it's in a big oh this is this is a little bit messier because the chile that oh. we're putting in is a little bit more it makes it a little bit more aguado right oh okay so you're adding some wetness that's not maybe letting the masa stick yeah okay so just Good FYI, to know. Good to know. and this and that's why the abuela is like, te dije. No echen el chile. That was not in the instructions, Ken. <laughs> See what you did? Oh, we're getting a slotted spoon to get rid of some of the, the liquid. That might help a little bit. So if you're Colombian and you're completely offended by the addition of green chile, please let us know and offer us some suggestions. Don't ever do it again, is there suggestion? Yeah. And if you're yeah. Mexican and are super impressed, also let us know. <laughs> because we're pretty impressed with ourselves and we haven't even tasted it yet. New right. Mexicans will add green chili to anything, though. Listen, green like chili ice cream. Like the McDonald's in our area has green chili you can add to the burger. You're right. There's a place that has, if you go to Caliches, you can get a green chili Sunday. I mean, it's our thing. It's, it's a religion. It's what we do. It really is a religion. Like our agriculture is like, we're having a low chile season. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, everybody gasps. And then people start hoarding chile and you have like freezer, freezers are being purchased just so that you can oh, hoard yeah. the chile. Well, yeah, instead of a toilet paper shortage, we would have green chile shortages and hoarding. 
Okay, so you've talked about your abuela and your memory of cooking with her. Do yes. you have memories cooking with your mom? That's an interesting question. I don't. And I think now thinking back on it, my mom worked. She was a teacher and mm -hmm. then an elementary school principal. And I think dinner was not... Dinner at my abuela's house was a journey. It was a whole adventure of cooking and watching her and tasting things as she went. It was a whole process. Cooking at our house, because my parents both worked full time, I feel like was a means to an end. We need to get dinner on the table so that you, me and my sister could do our homework, get to bed on time, do whatever activities we needed to do, and that was it. It was not a, a cultural celebration of any kind. It was just get food in your body so you don't die. Mm. What about you? One of my favorite memories cooking with my mom mm -hmm. is her um, chiles rellenos. Oh. Like that was a process. That was definitely a process. Mm -hmm. Yes, those take forever. There's so many steps and then getting the egg whipped like was a freaking that was, it was, act of God. Yes, because you had to do with the white separate and then incorporate and all of the things. So, and sh and Listen, there's a lot of ways that you can ruin a chile reno. <laughs> oh, yes. The biggest one is how greasy they come out. Yes. My moms were never greasy. Mm -hmm. It was almost as if without a thermometer, she knew the perfect temperature. And she used to do this trick of like, get a little bit of water from the sink. Oh yeah, test, it, the, test, the, test the oil. And then she would fry it so that it wasn't too warm where that's why it gets all sort of. Because then it just absorbs the oil mm -hmm. instead of cooking in it, which yes. I might have just done with these arepas. Uh, well, we'll find out in just a moment. Mm -hmm. We'll ask Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh, but, Bruno. So yeah, the, the rellenos were my favorite. But yes, my mom worked a full-time job. Uh-huh. My mom worked a full-time job. My father worked several jobs. So, and and he, he the reality was he didn't cook right. that often. Um, so, but when she did, and I remember the, the rellenos were such a process that that was a weekend food. That wasn't yeah, a during the week food. Yes. Just like the tamales, just like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, menudo. Those were all weekend foods for us. Absolutely. I remember my mom making, um, on rare occasion, um, lasagna. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we had to stay out of the kitchen and it would take her all day, but then it was delicious. That was one of the things I distinctly remember her making. Mm. So what do you think you're gonna, with your daughter, what are you gonna pass on? McDonald's? No. <laughs> um, honestly, I it's one of my, one of my fondest memories is cooking in the kitchen with my grandma and I have made it last year and this year it was one of my goals to be more intentional about inviting her into the process because it's harder mm -hmm. it's much easier to be like get out of the kitchen let me do what I need to do instead of okay we're gonna like it takes longer they're little hands they don't know how to do it it's messier there's more dishes it's more of a pain in the ass to be honest than it is if you just do it yourself mm -hmm. I'm trying to be more intentional about incorporating her into the process. So I hope she not only gains a little bit of cooking skills just as a life skill, but also has a memory of us eating together and having that shared 
cultural piece because it's important to me. What, what's one thing that you want to make with her? One thing we make together that she loves to make is the albondigas that my grandma used to make. Oh. She loves to make the albondigas because she gets to put her hands in the meat and help mix in all the stuff. Now she's getting to the point where we'll trust her with a knife and she can chop some things like the cilantro or whatever. And so I think that's the thing that I want her to, like I can imagine when she's older and it's the first cold day of the year or whatever, her just saying like, okay, we're gonna make albondigas, whether she's living alone or with a roommate or with a partner but that's a thing that she can do mm. so that's the one that you're imparting with her i think so i think that's gonna i think i want that to be the thing i'm a terrible parent i haven't taught any of the four anything about cooking well so i have a stepson mm -hmm. and he's a senior this year and it occurred to me probably six or eight months ago shit does he know how to cook anything like, I have no idea if he even knows how to make anything. So, I we started talking about it, and he was like, oh, my mom, my mom has me make dinner once or twice a week or whatever. And I was so relieved, and I was like, oh, thank God, because I don't want him to move out and be, like, eating cereal, which kids do, right? Like, this is not a, mm -hmm. a it wouldn't be an exception, but um, it freaked me out a little bit. So I'm glad, and he, he'll make spaghetti. Like, there's things he knows how to make, which makes me happy. See. Yeah, I'm a bad parent because I haven't imparted calabacitas or fajitas oh. or, yeah. What calabacitas about... is probably my favorite thing to make, too. I love calabacitas. I love, and I've, I've, I'm trying really hard to best my mom at the calabacitas, and I think I've only bested her maybe once. Ooh. I, I will know. say, the last time my mom came over for albonigas, she told me, I think you got it. Oh. I, I know. And I was like, ah! oh, she's like, you make them better than me. I'm not making them anymore. Uh-huh. Dang. I know. I felt good. I felt good about that. Look at you. Now you do have to teach your daughter, right? So that she can best you. Yes. All right. So the second batch is on. We got the, batch. yeah, we got the first batch off. And they look nice and toasty. There's a little crispy that I'm going to eat. I don't even know what it is. It might be cheese. It might be masa. I don't know. Well, so taste one. Let's taste one. All right. Um, and this is the OG version, the just queso. So we'll cut it in half. And then I'll, I'll since I already put my grubby little hands on this guy, I'll, I'll put oh, it on you there. Put a little salt. Yeah. Salt on put it? Put a okay. little salt. Do a little salt. Make a little love. Get down to nine. All right, so I'm gonna give this guy a whirl, and it—they look so good, so so good. Okay. Mmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Oh my god, I'm excited. What do you taste? Tell me what's happening. Okay, I think we need a little bit more salt in the arena. Okay. But putting the salt on top wasn't so bad. I wonder if the asadero is gonna have that saltiness that we need on mm -hmm. this batch. We'll see. We'll see. Let me see. Let me the see. other thing I'll say in making them, whoo, look at that queso. Oh my God. That I think incorporating um, not wet green chile, mm. but in the masa itself, like if it's a little bit drier, mm. put it in the masa itself, 
so that you don't get a clump in the center. You have it kind of more evenly distributed. Okay. But we'll find out when we have the second batch done. All right, so what do you think? I think you're right with the salt. We need a little more salt. But the texture is cheesy and delicious. Mm -hmm. So delicious. You cannot go wrong. Mm -hmm. This is very good. You're hearing us chew. Mm -hmm. That's part of the total effect that we bring you on the Pocha <laughs> podcast. I have These to. These are good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to burn these. Mm. No, then we'll really be in trouble. We'll have abuela. Those came out a little bit... Um, so those look like um, a little bit more the brownness that you get when you're making tortillas. These ones came out a little bit more like golden. There was less oil in the pan when I started. I mm -hmm. didn't add more, so I don't know if I need to add more oil here. Sure. Let's add oil. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder if it makes a difference, oil versus, I mean, I'm sure it will, versus manteca. Mm. Right. Mm, 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 mm. Highly recommend. It wasn't that time consuming. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw some more salt on here and see what happens. I'm also a like I'm a salero I love salt. Mm. Oh yeah. So then, like, what would you dip this in? Hmm. I mean, we would dip it in salsa or chile or whatever, but uh, like traditionally, I wonder what the dip would be. Mm, I don't know. I have read that this could be a side, but this could also be the main course. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I imagine if it's a side, then you have it to go with mm -hmm. a protein mm -hmm. of, you know, whatever, pork, chicken, sure. uh, or fish, I mean, whatever. And if it's the main course, I can imagine having vegetables to go with it. But, you know, again. Chile is a vegetable. <laughs> if you're, or is it a fruit? They're all fruits. All of them are fruits. Ugh. Oh, that was good. Mm. There you go. Keep mm -mm. scurvy away with that vitamin C. Mm -mm -mm. So this was good. All right. Okay, so now the second batch is done. This is the green chile and asadero. Oh so we God. are going to just cut this puppy up. And again, because of the moisture of it, I think that did have a, an impact on how the mm -hmm. overall masa like stuck together or not. So I'm gonna try this side. Mm. Oh, it does look good. Like just the green makes me so chile. happy. Oh, and then you got the hot kind. So I'm gonna be like, Mmm. <laughs> mmm. It's so good. Mmm. Mm. That was the one. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not original to it. Ooh, it was hot. That's not original to it, but my love for asadero cheese. Mm -hmm. Did it add is, the saltiness we needed? It did. Okay. It made a difference. Okay. So, if you're one of our Bocha listeners in New Mexico, asadero without adding any extra salt. If you're going to use the mozzarella, add a little extra salt to the masa. Mm -hmm. All right, you go. And if you're in somewhere else that doesn't have green chile, hit us up and we can send you some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is oh, so, so good. good. Oh my mm. gosh. Yes. yes. It's yes. crispy on the outside. The cheese is super creamy. The chile gives it that little extra. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And I do wonder if the regular ones, if you did actually stuff it with some kind of carne or something else, if it would just add all of that flavor for you that's not in the little pocket itself. I don't know. That is so good. Oh, my God. Stay away from the rest of them. <laughs> this is so good. Mm. I wish we can mm. give you a taste test while you're listening, but alas... This weekend, if you have an opportunity, get some harina. Oh. It really didn't take that long. Mm -mm. The ingredients are pretty simple. And yeah, give it a whirl. Woo! Mm. Oh, this is so good. Oh my gosh. Kat, what a good way. So we were we were late by mm -hmm. a day, but it was worth it. So worth it. For us anyway. We're not gonna be late next month, I hope. But if we are, I hope it's because of food. Right? That should be a rule. Mm. If we're gonna be late, it's gonna, we're gonna do food. We're gonna have food involved. Okay. Mm. <gasps> thank you for this, Kat. Thank you. This has been fun. Um, and thank you, listeners, mm -hmm. to for listening to the Pocha podcast. This has been our weedy weedy food, cultura, arepas, all the things. Yes. And where can where can our listeners direct other folks who haven't already been part of our Bocha fan club where can they go to to spread the love yes you can find us on instagram facebook sometimes twitter we have a tiktok account but haven't posted anything yet but we're, share all your good tiktoks with us because we love it we're not creators we're lurkers on tiktok but complete creepers it's fine uh, you can also listen to the podcast pretty much anywhere you find your podcasty goodness so you can go to Spotify. Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, all the things. Tell Alexa you want to hear a bunch of podcasts and, uh, and you'll hear us. And since our goal, we started off the year, not with a resolution, but with a goal to expand our listenership, we need your help doing it. So tell a friend, tell primos, primas, primes, tell abuelas, heck, tell everybody. If your dog has an Instagram account, have, yeah, have they can follow on. us. Exactly. Your pig, your mini horse, whatever. Whatever you got. <laughs> whatever you got, yes. So this has been the Weedy Weedy for January, kicking off our 2022 with Sabor. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Oh my God, give me the other piece.